Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I can't hear a thing. I can't. There it is. The beat is sick. Hold on a second. Watch this. Yes, yes. Probably not one. I know so many people tune in at 10 o'clock just like, man, I can't wait to hear him do it. It's like how I was in the 1980s with the great Gary Coleman and what you talking about, Willis. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't have enjoyed it more. And I know that that's what this has become for many of you. You know, it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. We're in St. Louis and you want your Gary Coleman moment. And that's what I just provided. But was it as good as, you know, they tried to get Todd Bridges and in his his saying became say what? And I just didn't feel like it resonated with the people as much as Gary Coleman's What You Talking About. How did how do you feel about it? Six five seven eight zero. Also Miles Michaelis. Uh and Corey Dickerson, your thoughts. Uh your favorite there. Who do you like more? Miles Michaelis. Mm, controversial host. That's what I've always been. I've tried to brand myself as such. And I think uh based on the text, I think I've succeeded. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Welcome into Bloom Party. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Uh, we'll be talking different strokes today extensively. And uh, also, uh, we'll be joined by uh, the many cast members of the program via hologram. I was about to say, I don't know if we have their contact info. And uh, and we will talk it over with you via the text line, Air Comfort Service, 65780. You can leave mic drops. Jackson will play them. They're sponsored by Rhino Shield. I just want to make sure I get the sponsor in there, even though we won't get the actual mic drops in there, because Jackson says it takes too much effort to get them. I don't know how other shows are able to do it. Maybe their uh, effort's better. Better work ethic. Is that is it is it as simple as that? I mean, you could break it down. I could come on here with any confounded explanation, but simple is they just have bad be- work ethic. Yeah, yeah, poor work ethic on this side of the table here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what do you what do you make of this John Paul Morosi report on the Cardinals' interest in Juan Soto? I mean, I'd love to think that it's you know genuine, but I I, just, I don't I don't see it. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a move that they would make, but I, I mean, he's a great... Tell me why. Tell me. Think through it. Reason through your 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 position, sir. Tell the people. Show your work. Right. Show your work. Well, I think that it's just... They haven't gone for... A, we talked about yesterday, oh, you, 2009. You, you've started eight different sentences and never finished one. Yeah, well... Learn from the best. Uh, 2009. That was uh, so passive aggressive. <laughs> 2009, they got Holiday and DeRosa. Those are two established stars later in their career. John Smoltz as well. John Smoltz as well. Very much an established star later in their career. And that was the last time that they were truly aggressive buyers at the deadline. So getting a 23-year-old, you know, who's obviously great. He's one of the best young hitters in baseball, best young players in baseball. Doesn't turn 24 until October. Yeah. So... To get that just seems odd to me, and it's before he gets really, really paid. So then you're in a compromised position down the road. So that's why it doesn't seem like a cardinal move as much as I would like for it to happen. I agree with the overall the Cardinals spending that much money would seem surprising. However, you are talking about a generational talent, and you are getting him when, as weird as it is, at 23, uh, he's got, what, five, four-plus years of service time. 
So yeah. um, he, he has a track record, despite the fact that he is that young. So you're not necessarily buying a speculative sure. stock. Yeah, yeah. So from that standpoint, it would be wonderful. Now, I agree with your and what I would imagine. I haven't even looked in the Air Comfort Service tax line yet. Uh, I have my immediate reaction to it is skepticism mm-hmm. in that this would actually happen. But, man, I'm telling you, can you let's just let's for the sake for the sake of the moment, for the sake of the moment, yeah. a show that was initially going to be about Conrad Bain and Charlotte Ray and Dana Plato taking a turn. <laughs> let's talk about the Cardinals and Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Let's say all of our uh, friends of the feather listening to the program today. Let's say the Cardinals acquire Juan Soto. And yes, of course, the price is high. The Nationals are the Nationals should move to the National League Central this year. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a dumpster fire in DC. Three years after they win the World Series. Uh there I think Victor Robles is the only guy left from the or maybe it was Corbin on that team. Corbin was, Corbin on, that was team. on the team. So Corbin and Robles. I, other than that, I and of course Soto, other than that, everybody's gone. Yeah, Rendon, Turner. So let's say it happens. And the price is high. The tide is high. But I'm moving on. Blondie, 1981, I believe. Might have been 82. What would your reaction be? And I, 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 can't, I can't present who goes. Mm-hmm. Right. I would imagine, goes without saying, an outfielder goes. Yeah. And some prospects. Cardinals have seven of the top 100 baseball prospects. What would your reaction be? I mean, it'd be tough to be anything but excited. You get a young talent, a gener- like you said, generational talent, who's like a personality, too. Like Juan Soto, if you ever heard any of his interviews. You have a or- problem with the way he grabs his crotch after no, he I love swing at a breaking ball. I love that. Like, I love... That's your favorite part about what he brings to the table. It's in my Mount Rushmore favorite things. Oh, uh, what's your Mount Rushmore favorite things? Uh, hitting, fielding, base running, and then grabbing his crotch after taking breaking balls. Oh. But he's like a fantastic personality. I think he would bring a lot more energy to the team. Uh, and then you, I mean, geez, when you got Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Juan Soto, now you got a really potent offense that even on off nights will hopefully put a bunch of runs on the board. And that helps out a team who's struggling with starting pitching. Jackson, you mouth-breathing window licker, not nice. wanting Juan Soto is an all-time bad take. Fire yourself. That's from Dan, and he's in St. Louis. Oh, he's suggesting a self-furlough. No, I did not say that. In fact, I said I'd be really excited. I just would be surprised if they did it. So, I mean, if you can't break down that distinction, maybe it's time to look inward, Dan in Wentzville. St. Louis wherever boy mm, that's me i wonder what the reaction would be to acquiring a generational talent great question boy that's from the 636 i what i can't follow this anymore and carlson exclamation points that's from lisa and lisa is our safe space she is so she's see saying- lisa texting in i know it's a safe text and i actually have to not only enjoy the comfort and the warmth Lisa provides us for our one hour, I actually agree that I would think that Dylan Carlson might be one of the Peace. costs of yeah. doing business. Yeah, yeah. That, and because that... it ain't, I don't think anyway, I should say, it, Tyler O'Neill it ain't going to get it done. It's because uh-huh. the health situation. Right, and right. Carlson's younger. And uh, Harrison Bader isn't going to get it done. Newpar isn't established enough. 
And uh, therefore, uh, I mean, unless it's Yepes, I don't think. I mean, I think. I mean, you're talking about Juan Soto, right? If they did Yepes, I mean, I think it would actually be savvy because his value right now is pretty high. But yeah, I don't know if the Nationals would be as interested in that as they would be in Dylan Carlson, who's a proven young player. Uh, let's see. I think if we get Soto via trade, he'll fall in love with uh, the downtown West development and give us a discount. Thanks. That's from the 314. See, this is, this is what I talked about at the end of TMA. <laughs> I'm noticing some of the TMA listeners are getting in here, and we don't have the name saved like we do on TMA, and I don't know what's satirical and what is the real normal hatred we receive. <laughs> and it is it is really, it's I'm Beltran, and the textures are Wainwright, and I'm frozen right yeah, now. Well, Candidly, I am frozen. A little Newt Bar's and gonna get a Soto, you dumbass. I mean, <laughs> Jackson is at a point where I think you might get him. You might get him to walk out today. This is so just keep firing the shots, and you might get him to walk this out. This is just today. batting practice. I'm standing there with no arms. I just have to take it. I'm peppered right now. Do you all get to? I apologize. Now this is. I now I know where this. Do y'all get sidetracked by every text? We'd never sign a Soto extension, so it doesn't matter. That's from the 636. Yeah, well, The yes. answer to the first question is yes. Yes. Uh, and then with regards, I, I would candidly, you know, tell you that I believe that if they're doing it, they are preparing to make that extension happen. Right. They wouldn't do it for a one-year lease. Right. Or even a half-season lease. That wouldn't make much sense with a guy at his age. So, yeah, they'd be that would be their big move yes. I, I and i would actually tell you as much that i would think it would actually probably be done might not be done 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 publicly but i think it would be done privately right and then yeah the news would come out after the season yeah i think that i think that would be great i think getting a great player like that and you'd have him you know probably entering his real prime in the next two seasons going all the way through how who knows yeah i think it'd be awesome there's no way ledoux boy would welcome soto here thanks that's from the three word four i'm not the welcome wagon i'm not going to pick him up at the airport what if an NBA team moved here? Would you pick them up the airport? Yeah. I'd... Okay. Well, actually, right now you've just been exposed as the fraud you are. Yeah, I'm a fraud. I've said I'm a fraud. But then that's not really fraudulent, unless you're not a fraud and you're saying you're a fraud. You see what I'm saying? This is getting meta now. It's a little Freudian. Tim, would you sweeten the pot with some T-Ravs? Thanks. 913. Yeah. 931? 931. Rudy Rudiger. David Perron should learn something from Juan Soto and accept a hometown discount to stay in St. Louis. That's from the 314. All right, now TMA I'm, texture. Now I'm convinced that all of these are from TMA textures. Uh, guys, the only reason Corey Dickerson didn't get to the All-Star game is because of his short stint on the IL. Could probably trade Dickerson for Soto in cash considerations, and I'm calling my shot now. Thanks. That's from the 618. Jackson is a fraud. That's from the 618. Would getting Soto help Arnato stay? I my official position on Nolan Arenado is he is going nowhere, I, I, and I and if you would like, to, I don't even feel like I can add it to predictionary because I am so confident. Like if if there were odds on Nolan Arenado opting out, I would think it's minus four hundred. So therefore, being the ethical gambler, of course I am. I can't take something that's minus four hundred and count it in predictionary. Yeah. No, you can't. Now Jack Flaherty, I believe, was one of the questions. Will he be pitching before July thirty first, or you say trade deadline or something yeah. like that? I don't remember what your question was, and I said, "Oh no, he won't." <laughs> and this is going back to March when Flaherty was not happy that the Cardinals, uh, John Mazalak, talked about him having a shoulder labrum tear in his shoulder or his throwing arm, and once I heard that slap tear. You know, this is 
this is this this isn't just the end of 2022 most likely for him this is something that can end a career now it doesn't always but it certainly can and has in many cases alan bennis is is a is a prime cardinal example and i realize you have to be a little older to remember alan bennis um, but he is somebody who started Game 6 of the NLCS against Greg Maddox in 1996, um, had like a no-hitter, but it was weird because the Cardinals lost the game, but he threw nine no-hit innings in 97. I mean, he was sick, sick. To, to think that the Cardinals in the late 1990s had Alan Bennis, Matt Morris, and Rick Ankiel in their system as arms, and... All would experience some form of injury, in Ankiel's case, the situation with losing control, Bennis's the shoulder, and, and Morris had to have Tommy John, uh, and then they still wound up having all the success they had from 2000 through 2006. Uh, I mean, just shows how much better it, it could have been. Morris still wound up having an incredible career, but uh, Ankiel did it as an offensive player, and Bennis, he wasn't able to get it back. Why? Shoulder, and that's what Flaherty's dealing with. So when they moved him to the 60-day DL yesterday, similar to what I talked about, are the Cardinals now, you know, do you have more urgency? No, because this is what I expected. Same thing with Flaherty. I'm not happy about it. I know Jack Flaherty. You say Jack Flaherty, and I don't even need to look at the text. I know what's going on already. Personally, I am a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has nothing to do one way or another with where he is politically. I couldn't care any less with where he is politically, and I understand that some people don't separate the two and whatever. To each their own is what I say about everything. But as far as a competitor goes, uh, I'd want him on my team. I can tell you that. And he's just he's a pitcher with a, a shoulder labrum tear in his throwing arm, and you can have a great work ethic or a terrible work ethic. It's going to be incredibly difficult to overcome that. And from his career standpoint... He now, and I'm sure he knows it, I'm sure he's known it for a while, uh, he now knows that this is going to be a battle to get back to wherever it was that he was, uh, whether it be last year or if you want to go back to a few years. We'll continue the discussion here and also looking forward to talking about the Blues situation. Jeremy Rutherford with a great story this morning on The Athletic. I want to discuss that with David Perron's spot and the Blues with Vladimir Tarasenko and what all of this could mean. That's our discussion here on Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN, also known as the Lil Piddle Show. Where you have access to Jackson Burkett for an hour. That's all you get? It's an honor. You should all be honored. Your thoughts on that? 65780, Air Comfort Service Tax Line. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford writing this morning. Great piece. Major recommendation for it at theathletic.com. And he is joining BK and Ferrario coming up, Jackson, yeah, you told yeah. me? Yeah, and he's co-hosting the Fastlane today. Oh, super strong. Oh, you're yeah. going to get JR all day. Yep. Outstanding. Uh, great, great column in theathletic.com this morning. Uh, for those of you who are, are subscribers, I am a subscriber, or I guess it came out last night. But uh, talking about the situation with the Blues and David Perron. And uh, this is getting a little more interesting than I think many people thought right after the season when Perron was up there talking and said, quote, I'd love to be back. The desire has been there for me last year, during the year, and right now. I don't really want to talk about that publicly, so I'll just kind of defer to that. Uh, And then Doug Armstrong was asked if he would like to bring him back. He said, I sure would. He fights Father Time better than 95, 99% of the NHL. What he did this year was spectacular. 
Obviously, the injury he sustained in Chicago was nerve-wracking for everyone involved, but when he got here, got back here, he showed what he can do down the stretch and in the playoffs. He's a very good player, and more importantly, he's a better person. I've seen him grow and become a husband and a father. I've seen the influence he's had on our younger players. They see the competitiveness that he has on a daily basis. He's a true pro and has been a very good St. Louis Blue, and if we can make it work, I would love to. That's Doug Armstrong, but... Jeremy Rutherford writes, a source close to the situation told The Athletic that Perron was disappointed by a low-ball offer from the Blues, but neither the team nor Perron's representatives have confirmed that there was even a formal offer. And if that's the case, it would explain why another source close to Perron said he's frustrated by the fact that he's come back to St. Louis three times and still has to prove he wants to be here. So, all of this ties into number 91 and the situation with him because is this a case of the blues wanting to keep him but not having the cap space jeremy rutherford goes on to write of course that's a reference to vladimir tarasenko's trade request and despite recent reports that he could be on the move and by the way that is the reference is uh people talking yesterday on social media saying uh, why are the blues keeping a player who wants to be traded and letting another leave who wants to be here. And that's in reference to Tarasenko. And if indeed the Blues cap situation is preventing them from re-signing Perron, that could mean A, Armstrong doesn't have intentions of dealing Tarasenko at the moment, B, he doesn't have any offers to his liking, or C, his plan is to trade Tarasenko for a player or players with a cap hit comparable to his. So that lays out the situation, and I think that does put it on the table. And I do believe... You have to have one of the A, B, or C be the case. Uh, You can't have two of or three of be the case. Uh, I am of the opinion that Doug Armstrong is planning on trading Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, I am also made it clear of the opinion that Nolan Arnato is not going to opt out. Those are two positions I would tell you uh, I have a greater deal of confidence on the Arnato one, uh, much greater, actually. Um, but the Tarasenko one, my belief is, is he is planning on trading him. So then you go, okay, if that indeed is indeed the case, does he just not have an offer to his liking, or uh, is he planning to trade Tarasenko for a player with a cap hit comparable? And so that, I would say... <sighs> I would say he just doesn't have an offer to his liking, and here's my reasoning for it. Because other organizations are feeling like the Blues are up against it and that the Blues have a faux deadline, but it, but it is something that they truly have to deal with, with Tarasenko in a trade because everything can get underway tomorrow with free agency. And so they are trying to take advantage of the Blues situation of being backed in the corner with their cap space and not giving Doug Armstrong and the Blues that which they think uh, is the proper value because they think they're going to have to take it. Otherwise, they're going to not necessarily risk having Tarasenko on the roster, uh, more so losing David Perron, who they are under the opinion they want to keep. And so... My theory, which, listen, make it clear, I could be completely wrong, but I'm piecing this together. It's a poker hand. Uh, My theory is that Armstrong has not gotten what he wants for Perron yet. That is what I think is, or for Tarasenko yet, and it's because the other teams know that the Blues are trying to work some space for re-signing him. 
and therefore are trying to take advantage of that situation by not giving up as much as Armstrong would like to receive. Uh, Jackson, I know you're more focused on the NBA Summer League, but just since you're in the room with me, before I go to the text line, do you have any thoughts on on this uh, topic whatsoever? And if the answer is no, I want you to know this, and I want you to look at me like Matt Damon did with Robin Williams, and no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault if you don't. But if you have a take, please. I know you're no great, takes. I just think it's interesting with... to connect the two. I think yeah. that's a. I think that's an interesting point that, uh, you know, that's kind of how business works in sports. Sometimes there's underlying factors that isn't necessarily known to the public, and that controls a lot of what these deals are. So I think it's interesting. Uh, compadre, who I uh, lean on for a lot of. Uh, these uh, reads, whether it be with uh, action on the ice or a circumstance like this one with uh, a variety of balls in the air for the Blues and uh, Tarasenko and David Perron, and this is what he wrote to me. If I'm reading the tea leaves, total speculation, it looks like Armstrong is listening on Tarasenko but is not motivated to move him for less than a set price. He's likely willing to keep 91 if he can't upgrade with him. I reached this conclusion based on the idea that there is a cap crunch and it's threatening a player they probably didn't want to lose in Perron, but nonetheless, this cap crunch isn't forcing Armstrong to move Tarasenko, or he would have. There are teams that want 91, so if it were just about the cap, it probably would have happened. In hindsight, it was a pipe dream to think Perron would sign for the same money or less after the last couple of years he's had. Both sides said happy things after the season ended, but again, if they were close on a deal, Perron likely doesn't test free agency. It doesn't seem crazy, given some of the signings that have already happened, to think Perron will sign in the $6 million range. Depending on the term, the Blues simply cannot afford that. And then he goes on to list a bunch of players uh, who are out there that make it appealing for Perron to test free agency. He also goes on to say, I also wonder if Tarasenko would be willing to waive to more teams this year, waive is no trade, to more teams this year, knowing he could be dealt again at the deadline and then go to unrestricted free agency. So, there it is. We are now theorizing on something that no matter what, we will have some kind of clarity on in the next 24 hours, because mm-hmm. tomorrow is is the day. Uh, let's see what the people have to say. Uh, kind of sad uh, to have Tarasenko who doesn't want to be here for a guy, Peron, who does want to be here. That comes from Lisa, and that uh, is something that Jeremy Rutherford referenced that a number of people are saying. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, just for the sake of it, and I don't fault him for this, if David Prawn is seeing the deals that are going around and then also um, going, man, at this point, I'm only 24 hours away from it and nothing has happened. And maybe he was, as Rutherford writes, uh, disappointed in the Blues' initial offer. Uh, you know, that can that can frame how somebody approaches a negotiation. And by the way, that goes beyond sports. And so he might be like, you know what? Screw it. I've left here a couple of times before. I played my ass off. I'm going to check out and see what I can get. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, let's see. Uh, kind of, uh, no, uh, Jackson probably thought Perron was still with Vegas until just now. Thanks. That's for the 636. Funny. <laughs> Amen. I don't blame him. I don't know what that means. My theory on what it means, Jackson, I'm doing a lot of theorizing today. Uh-huh. I think it is, I don't blame David Perron, is what this person is saying. No, I think context. And I don't blame him either. And there's the other thing. I don't necessarily blame the Blues. Sometimes, you know, I'll take it back. I mean, certainly this this would be an example that is much more extreme 
in in so many ways, so it's really a terrible analogy. The only way I would say it's similar is the Albert Pujols situation with the Angels. Mm. Who could really fault Albert Pujols? And I guess maybe some of you did or do, I don't know. Uh, After 2011, when he went to the Angels, the Cardinals, to me, irresponsibly, were going to, at least it's been represented, uh, and reported that they were offering him a substantial deal, which would have been a disaster. Yeah. And but but it wasn't like we're looking back on the results and saying, oh, it would have been a disaster. Therefore, it was the right call. I thought it would have been a disaster had they signed him. And I thought that and I was saying it on the air. I was saying that I wrote about that in August of 2010. And at the time, I was really criticized for it because it just seemed so anti-Cardinal slash anti-St. Louis to say the Cardinals should let Albert Pujols walk. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't against Albert Pujols. It was simply analyzing what it was most likely going to cost to keep him and then also attempting to project what he was going to do over the next five to eight years, never thinking he would get 10 years like he did from the Angels, and thinking it's just not worth it. It's going to be bad business. It's going to hamstring the frustration, the organization, and the frustration you will have of having him will actually wind up tarnishing the legacy way more right. than him leaving. Right. Because you're going to resent his presence on the roster, seeing him as a shell of himself. You cannot do business emotionally. Similar to Matt Carpenter at the at the end of his tenure with the Cardinals. Wonderful, wonderful example. Albeit Pujols is one of the greatest you sure. know, in, the, in, the, sure. in the organization's history. But I get what you're saying. And that's what I'm saying with regards to Perron. If the Blues just can't afford it, and they're not getting what they feel is value for Tarasenko, if indeed they want to trade him, which I believe is the case, but maybe I'm wrong, then you don't just do it when you're talking about potentially having to commit to him into his age 36 or beyond season, especially when the market might be super high for a player of his caliber in this offseason. So if that's the case, as this one person texted him, which got me going on it, uh, then, yeah, you can't. I, I can't blame David Perron. I never got how people blamed Albert Pujols. Yeah, I'd be super. I mean, I don't care. He's in it to make money. You know? No, it's business. <laughs> it's a business. So yeah. you know, I I mean, maybe maybe some of you who did blame Pujols or would blame Perron, you know, like to make less than you possibly can. And if that's the case, God bless America. You know, to each their own. Once again, that's the theme of today's show: to each their own. Yeah. Um, but David Perron had a hell of a year, and if his value is more than the Blues can offer him or are offering him because they're not on board with paying that price, then good for David Perron, bad break for the Blues. But you cannot uh, make the cap work for you if you are really this up against it, if you feel like Vladimir Tarasenko is somebody you either value for 2022, 2023, or you value more than the offers that you are getting. How do you see it? 65780-65780. Doesn't this Perron news imply that 91 has more control? If we lose Perron because of the cap and 91, who doesn't want to be here, 91 has lost my fandom and appreciation. That's from the 573. All right, for the sake of the discussion, I'll play that out. I am, I am operating on this premise, and of course it's not with certainty, but I'm operating on the premise that the Blues would like to trade Vladimir Tarasenko. Not because, by the way, he wants to go, in part because of that, but more because of the way I think Doug Armstrong operates. And Doug Armstrong operates at the smart business move of buying low and selling high. And this is the time to sell on Vladimir Tarasenko. Last year was not. So it didn't surprise me uh, 
in, in that in that from that standpoint uh, that you know once once things got going that they weren't going to move him uh, because he clearly was was playing well and he was of service to him. But now his stock is high, doesn't want to be here, and his contract's coming up. Let him go. So this this would be the time to do it. Then you create the cap room, but you're not just going to be giving him away just for Perron. So my guess is, this is again, guess, my guess is Armstrong would like to uh, have Perron and trade Tarasenko. But what he isn't going to do is uh, expose himself to taking too little for Tarasenko in right. order to keep Perron. That is the conclusion I have arrived at. Uh, let's see. If you sign Perron for $6 million a year, he just handcuffs the Blues. That's from... The 618, also from the 618. With the way 91 played last year, I can see why the Blues would keep him. I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Blues uniform next season. I agree with that if you isolate it. My premise is there is risk that you won't get that, and right now his value is higher, and you have all of these domino effects coming with either current players or contracts that could be additions to the team, whether they how they want to handle the Letty situation, if you're going down Chickren Road again, or if you're looking ahead to take your pick of Thomas, O'Reilly, Cairo. There are all these dominoes in right. the discussion, and that is why I think that this is, this is the first domino. And inevitably, you just can't keep everyone. And it sucks. It's not the way you like to experience things as a fan, which is taking the business side of it out of it and just using it as a release from your own personal slash professional business experiences. But in this case, this is a reminder of the nature of the beast, which is it is a business. And in this case, the salary cap directly impacts it. Your thoughts, 65780. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Room Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. Uh, BK and Ferrario coming up, and uh, Jeremy Rutherford will be joining them. He is going to join us in studio on Friday. Oh, this headphone situation, Jackson. I have to blame you. I don't want to blame you, but... No, that's my bad. Thank you. The poor work ethic is really it's rearing... It's carrying its, over into my headphones. It's rearing its ugly head. Uh, and he's going to be co-hosting the Fastlane, you said. Yeah, that? from 3 to 6. Yeah. Strong. He's going to be in studio with us on Friday. We were texting during the commercial break. Uh, he said, uh, "Do you right? Let me see. I'll get to the bottom of this." He said, "We exchange uh, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley gifts." Uh, thanks for mentioning the article. Super complicated situation. You did a great job explaining. Let me know if you need me Friday or any other time. I said, "Come on in Friday." So he's coming in on Friday. So uh, and that article for those of you monitoring the uh, Lepron Tarasenko Blues free agency situation, really great job uh, laying out. Not only the situation, but also the possible scenarios. So uh, I would check out the athletic and Jeremy Rutherford's work on that. So we've we've set the table here for today's program with the cardinal discussion on um, the, the John Paul Morosi report that the Cardinals have talked with the Nationals inquiring about uh, acquiring Juan Soto. Now that doesn't mean anything other than it was reported by a reputable source. And then mm-hmm. also we discussed the David Prahn, Vladimir Tarasenko situation. I have done a lot of the talking. Let me see what the people have to say. Well, Jackson, at the top of the Air Comfort Service text. Yeah, yeah I see some uh, some sharpshooters are in the bushes there. Hey, Jackson. Yep. 
No one cares about the NBA. You are a moron. That's Hugh from Marlboro. Marlboro is a uh, municipality. Small one. Well, aren't they all? (laughs) We have a lot of them to choose from. But, uh, yeah, I used to, uh, as a South City uh, resident, we were heading to Crestwood Mall to play laser tag or to, uh, you know, try to pick up a girl from Queen of All Saints. Right. Uh, at the food court, we would pass through Marlboro, and you just knew not to speed. That's what I can tell you. And that yeah. is Hugh. I yeah. don't know Hugh. Uh, do you have a response? I, I get. I wasn't. I was texting with Jr. Did you update the people in Sports Center update on, oh, yeah. on the association? Yeah, two. I have two points here. For, first, yes, the Magic are shutting down number one overall pick, Paolo Boncaro, because they've seen enough. He's really, really good. So not going to risk injury. So you'll see him in October. Second, is Marlboro just west of Shrewsbury? Hmm. I would say maybe west, southwest okay. in that range. Southwest of Shrewsbury. I'm trying to just... I'm taking locate. Watson Road out to get to Crestwood yeah. Plaza and just yeah. seeing what's doing. Maybe I'm going to watch Mike Bush and Bob Richards do the Labor Day telethon. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I don't know my plans. Yeah. I'm eight. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Uh, you ever go to the store with mom or dad and ask for something? And then they say, okay, check the price. And then you come back with the price and they just kind of laugh and say no. DeWitt just laughed at Mo. Jackson's parents always said yes, though, I guess. Thanks. That's from the 314. Yeah, it's tough to talk with a silver spoon in my mouth. Uh, Tim, General Grant Car Wash, baby. That's from the 314. <laughs> you better believe it. Uh, hey, Tim, that's where I used to live. That's from the 636. Nice. Um, let's see what we got. Besides Bader, who do you think else would be involved? Uh, I'm not necessarily in saying, <laughs> yeah, nor okay. have I said, that I think the Cardinals would be trading Harrison Bader, per se, just because I think that the Nationals would be looking to acquire, I do think, a Cardinal outfielder. I just think it would be one of two. Uh, if you're talking about guys who play at the major league level. Right, be Carlson or Yepes. That's correct. Yeah. That's that's where I am on Carlson that. Carlson or Yepes, you're probably not going to give away one of those infielders and prospects-wise. So, yeah, it'd be Carlson or Yepes, maybe both. Who knows? Sam, there is no doubt that we are... Hell, Sam. <laughs> not even close to either of our names. I think I'm the closest to Sam. Well, Jake, you have three letters in your name. It doesn't necessarily make it close. Yeah, but I mean, one of the letters, and it is the final letter, is M. Sure, yeah. I guess the consolation prizes are getting in the way today on the, pre- on the presentation. Sam, there is no doubt that we're going to get the same Vladimir Tarasenko that we did last season because this is the last year on his contract, and he's going to want to get paid again. He's not going to get hurt, or he's not going to hurt himself from getting another lucrative contract, which is why he turned it up this previous season so that he can raise his stock, hoping Doug Armstrong would find a trade. That is from the 314. Sam says... I don't have a take. (laughs) Sam says, the issue with the Tarasenko situation is when you're talking... This goes back to the Flaherty thing. The shoulder is such a critical part of just and any you could be sitting in a cubicle right now and the shoulder is an important part for you much less if you're a, a forward of the nhl or a pitcher in major league baseball it is a critical 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 uh situation and so one hit and now you got nothing i just uh, listen maybe i'm off the mark vladimir tarasenko i just don't see him being a blue in 2022 2023 now can i get that in predictionary so i think have what if we were to parlay Tarasenko not being a blue and Arenado staying a Cardinal. 
Okay, I think I th- that's reasonable. I think that's a fair. Still, I still really, I still really like my play. Yeah, I, and I for the record, the Arnado play is that he does not opt out. Right. I, I, I'll tell you what. At least in 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 uh, on on this station in our time slot, a lot of people really do think Arnado's going to opt out. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't see. You it. don't see it either. Okay, no. I don't. I just don't see it. I think like this market and this team is like perfect for what he wants to do for the rest of his career. Just play ball, play some golf and uh, have a chance to win every year. Uh, Tim, where do you come down on pools in the Home Run Derby? Uh, I I guess maybe this is terrible (laughs) radio, but I've been doing that for a couple decades. But my honest answer is I don't care. I'm not excited about it. I'm not upset. I don't know if are people upset about it. I don't know if people are upset about it. Are like other markets upset because he's taking up a spot? That would be... Or are people in St. Louis upset that he's getting a spot? I don't know. Both would be... Odd, just because the home run derby is, you know, what is it really like? What do we? It's not like you're. Well, it's like the All Star game. Sure, I just yeah. I wasn't excited about that either. I get it. As a matter of fact, I think putting him and Cabrera in there. It's genius. I think it's really smart. Well, I mean, I, genius is overstating it from my standpoint. But if you find it to be genius, I tip my cap. I, it, it would have bothered me if they still had that same ridiculous yeah. setup where the All Star Game winners league got home field advantage in the World Series. Yeah. That thing tilted me for as long as it went on. I think it went on seventeen years. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was. Really well, it started crazy. after the two thousand two All Star Game in Milwaukee, if if memory serves. Uh, Tim, how much would Soto cost to resign? Uh, I would tell you it would be something with a four in front of it. That would be my guess. And then a potpourri of zeros. Yeah, a lot of them. He's, I think he's in his, in the midst of his third year of service time, deep into his third year of service time. So he'd be heading arbitration this coming off season. So yeah, you're going to have to pay him. Uh, here's my prediction. Vladimir Tarasenko stays a blue, plays well for a half season, hurts shoulder, and then he retires. That's from the 314. That's a long shot bet. I'll be honest with you. That's a long shot bet. You're going to get real good value on that. Uh, Albert is just having fun. The All Star Game is entertainment for the fans. That's from the right. Yeah, I just didn't know that there was like a take to be had on the Albert Pujols appearing in the Home Run Derby. Well, as as I've learned, if there's a take to be had, someone's going to have it. Should I like do performance art on it? Couldn't hurt. We got a break here in a second. So, like, I can ratchet that up for the final segment, just, like, start screaming? Yeah, start getting your muscles loose. <laughs> well, what, what do you want my take to be? Uh, I can do whatever. There's other uh, hardworking players who haven't bat under their weight this season, so let's give them a spot instead of this guy. It's a pretty nice take. I think that's the only I take you, you could I, have. Here's the thing. I need you to scream. Right. I need your voice to, to crack. crack. Yeah. That's important. Uh, and talk if about you the... can somehow, for whatever reason, sound like you're on the verge of weeping. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that happens, but if you can do that. Yeah, that. And then also. To me, you're on your way to Los Angeles. Right. And then also mention somehow the fans' hard earned money ah! to spend on this ticket, because that has to be mentioned. I got to tell you something, sir. <laughs> I think we just... just created yourself a take in the lab. Yep. Yeah. Like a blacksmith makes a sword, I just crafted the take. God. Might have to rip that off. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the take lab. Man, that Sam guy on 101 this morning. Sam. He was really worked up about Albert Pools in the home run derby. He sounded like he was about to cry. All right, we're going to take a break. It's Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. 
Party final segment, BK and Ferrario coming up, 11 to 2, and then uh, Jeremy Rutherford co-hosting on the fast lane from 2 to 6. This uh, could be quite an interesting afternoon for uh, JR, and he will be uh, on all afternoon. Yep, yep. Big day for JR. And uh, he will be in studio with us coming up at uh, 10 o'clock on Friday, so we'll do a Q&A with JR on Friday. Quite interesting to see what the Blues will look like on Friday versus where they will be on Tuesday, uh, July 12th, 2022. Also, I mean, taking a look at the Cardinals, what they will look like three weeks from now. Yeah. Because yeah. that will be the day after the trade deadline, three mm. weeks from now, what that will look like for the Cardinals. Uh, Tim, would you rather have $5 or St. Louis get a WNBA team? Thanks. That's from the 314. I read that to Jackson during commercial break, and he didn't like it. Yeah, it's on this. I'm going to hold my reservation. Did you just like you like 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 a little bulldog over there, right? Like like you snorted right there, like you were ready to ch- like you were like you were staring down the texter, yeah. and then you kind of went like you were ready to you were ready to charge him. That's, that's, that's such a bad text and really unfortunate. WNBA is awesome. I don't care. I don't care what these texters think. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're in your kitchen right now. I feel like they got you to got to you in the first segment. I'm holding back. Holding back. You need a sweet, sweet release. Yeah, I'll say it after the show. It's oh, unfortunate wow. to all these listeners, but Tim, I missed the Soto segment. Why would he come to the Cardinals? Oh, if they traded for him. Uh John Paul Morosi uh tweeted that out uh yesterday. Is it yesterday afternoon, evening? So that the Cardinals, not that they were, but that they had inquired about him. I like hearing that. I don't know why you wouldn't like hearing that. Yeah, no, that, that that they could be viewing it that way. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, of course. But I like hearing that they're thinking that way. If indeed it's true, or you know, it can just be a nice way to make it look like they're going to try to do something. We'll get that out there. That <laughs> that would be meta. Speaking <laughs> of meta, would be, that would be very meta. Uh, so most of the texters are saying they want the five dollars. Just so you know, Jackson. Uh, Jackson's going to lose it. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of here before he loses it. Uh, BK and Ferrari are coming up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, a.k.a. the Lil Piddles Show. Angry Lil Piddles <laughs> on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.